Welcome everybody to episode 14 of the Pop Anime Comics Lounge. My guests today are Debray and Tracy Bailey, who are a husband and wife comic book writer and artist who have created the comic Cat Anna. But before we get into the interview, I would like to tell everybody that in the month of October, there will be two podcasts a week to celebrate the rebranding and relaunching of my website, popanimecomics.com. So please stay in tune with me on Twitter at Pop Anime Comics for updates on when the website will be going live, as well as on the Facebook page, Pop Anime Comics. And as always, subscribe to this podcast wherever podcasts are found so it finds you and you don't find it. And without further ado, let's dive right into this interview. How did you get introduced into the industry? I mean, I've always loved comics. Although I, I really didn't start reading them until around about... 2007, um, I, I, I think to dragged me into this comic shop that he liked to go to, and I saw this comic called Lions, Tigers, and Bears, and it looked totally different from anything I'd ever seen before. It looked like a cross between a Disney and like the Iron Giant kind of cartoon, and I just loved it. And I wanted to do something like that. So at the time, I, I'd been drawing Katina for a while. It was just a thing I was doing in my spare time, and a guy named Scott Sava contacted me. He just happened to see my stuff online, and he said, hey, I love your work. You want to illustrate some stuff for me? And I said, sure, and as it turns out, he knew a ton of people, <laughs> and so that's pretty much how I got into it. Yeah, it was all kind of based on the webcomic. He saw it, he liked what he saw, and, and just kind of randomly popped up. Yeah, it was just this random thing, so... <laughs> So upon entering the comic world, what challenges did both of you have when you first came into this industry? A lot of it is time for me. I do a lot in my in just my regular everyday life and so it's just trying to find the time. Well, I don't draw so much as I used to. I'm mostly a colorist now, but still just finding the time to sit down and, and color. It's 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 pretty challenging, but it's not so bad. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll second time. I, I work a, a full-time job in addition to uh, writing comics. But I will, I will say that Scott really gave us a, a gracious entry point. Um, he, he was really nice, and he really introduced us to a lot of people that really helped us out. So if you're listening out there, thanks, Scott. <laughs> yeah, thanks. So before you created Cat Ina, what did you both do for a living? I was working at a photo lab at CVS. <laughs> in Florida. And then I was, I did, this is kind of funny, I did some secretary work at a state prison. I got a job there. That's just kind of strange, I guess, to say that I was like the secretary at the education department there. And then I moved in with Debray in Oklahoma, just working at CVS and then later at the state prison. Yeah, it made a pretty good story. Um, Yeah, right. People would ask me, hey, where, where's your girlfriend at? And I'd say, oh, I'm waiting for her to get out of prison. Yeah, very funny. <laughs> and they'd always have this sort of blank expression, like, she works there. She works there. She's not an inmate. I was doing IT at a college, and actually I'm still doing IT at a college, a different college now. But uh, it uh, helps to have it helps to have another job to kind of fill in. You know, if a job doesn't come in or something, uh, it helps to have that steady paycheck in between, especially when you first start out. Um, now it's not such an issue, but when we first got started, that really helped. Yeah, when I moved in with him after moving to Oklahoma, um, I just I, I just took on commission work for maybe a year, 
and that was my job for a while until I met Scott. So, so when was Katina first created? Katina, I first started drawing it in 2003. It was based on my cats. I had Belle and Buddy and Bear. They were all real cats that I had in Florida when I lived there. And I don't know, I was just watching them interact with each other one day, and I thought, if I drew you guys as cartoon animals, that could be kind of funny. So I, I just randomly drew a little comic strip with them one day, and it just kept going from there. And I, I got a little site set up for it, and it started gaining a small following. And But yeah, that was back in 2003. Yeah, and she was actually drawing it before I even met her. And I think that's partially how I met her, is through a comic book. Like, yeah, you saw it. I, I joke that I married my stalker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, her biggest fan, I guess. Um, and then after we got married, I, I took over the writing part for her and, and, and did the writing from, I don't know, what year, the last many years. Yeah, it was about 08 or 09, something like that. Somewhere, somewhere around the time when the, the comic went to a, like a big page mm-hmm. and had more of a story format. So as the writer, when you were writing, did you determine the direction of the story or did you collaborate together on where the story was going to be going? We would take walks and just throw ideas back and forth. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a collaborative effort for sure. Um, later comics, I think I took more the lead a little bit as Tracy became more and more busy. With yeah, I was like, I, I got stuff to do. You write something. <laughs> <laughs> more, more and more busy with other work. But yeah, early on, total collaboration. A lot of it was just stuff we found funny, and we just throw it in the comic. And and some of it, you know, it was almost inside joke level. And when I read it, you know, later, I'm like, nobody's gonna get this. But <laughs> well, it was funny to us. So. And obviously, you two are married. But how do you communicate with your artist and your wife when you're working? Actually, I I actually write a script in Word, and I I followed a, a format that another writer gave me from another, um, he's actually a published comic artist, and he let me see one of his scripts, so I follow that format, and basically it was a character, and then I'll set up, I'll describe the scene, what the page is kind of supposed to look like, and then the, what everybody says, and then Tracy figures out how to fit it into panels, and put the word balloons where they're supposed to go, and um, get the, the pictures all in, and half the time, if she reads the script, she'll think of something that's funnier, do some alterations, and the, the page comes out better that way. So can you briefly describe the story of Catina Cafe and what is it exactly about for all the listeners? Uh, sure. Um, Katina. Slice of Life. Is a, yeah. Sort of a slice of life comic. It follows the adventures of a young uh, cat lady who's just moved into a city and get, lands a job at, at the an anime cafe. <laughs> um, she, she winds up at a maid cafe and she didn't really expect or want that job but that's what she wound up doing she kind of got stuck with it and there's a bunch of people in her apartment who are all kind of nuts and just the people it's like seinfeld with cats yeah sort of like (laughs) seinfeld seinfeld with cats i guess so a maid cafe is very anime like did anime and manga partially inspire you yeah, Debray here really likes Slice of Life, How's the Manga Dio sort of stuff. And this is totally my fault. I I introduced him to anime. Yeah, that is her, that is her fault. Um, I I enjoy the Slice of Life stuff. Um, I actually actually I like some of the more like action anime. <laughs> like I enjoy Akira and Serial Experiments Lane and 
and some of the, I don't know, Texan Lies and Tekken Concrete, some of those animes a lot. But as far as writing them went, I thought it would be really nice if something on the internet was just, just like, nice. You know, <laughs> Katina was meant to be a comic that somebody who's maybe in college classes and they're hitting their exams and they're like, man, I, I just want to read something that's nice. And it was really meant for those people, and that's what I was trying to reach. Um, somebody who just wants to sit down and have a chuckle and just take a breather. So what methods do you use to map out your story? Um, I just open up Paint Tool Sci and I start scribbling very rough panels that I've kind of got in my head how they could go. And once I figure out what will work on that page, I, I just go from there. And on my side, it's all... MS Word, and I just sit down and make the description of the scene and then write in the dialogue. And in my head, I've kind of got a, a plan of about how many pages I want to do and about the, the story kind of I want to tell in that section. But uh, oftentimes, I'll do maybe a third of the comic and let Tracy catch up, and then I'll write another third. But in my head, I kind of know where it's going. And you've written many stories, and a bunch of them have to deal with pop culture. How much... Does pop culture influence your work? <laughs> um, early on, Katina was like all pop culture references practically. Yeah, um, the really, the really early ones. It was just like kind of a gag per week pop culture thing. I, it wasn't really meant to go anywhere beyond that. So yeah, yeah, especially in the early stages, it was all. Yeah. And even even in the later ones, as I put a little bit more emphasis on having more of a story, I guess. Um, early on, we really were just kind of doing gag a day and just really random stuff. Later ones had more of a story, but there's still a lot of pop culture. And if you look at the stuff in the background, there's a lot of gags in the background that a lot of people don't necessarily catch unless they're paying attention to the side characters. Uh, there's one in particular that no one's yet caught, and I'm waiting for that. Yeah, there's, there's, <laughs> there's some stuff in the background that only older people are going to catch. And yeah, we love pop culture. I mean, I watch a lot of anime even now, playing all the games. I'm looking forward to Fallout 4 when it comes out, totally. Um, I'm on Tumblr, so I get all the memes. Yeah, I've seen so. all the, I'm totally on Tumblr. I'm, I'm, watch, I'm watching the memes, too, Twitter and stuff, so it's... I'm a shameless memer, you know. kind of, kind of. I mean, the internet was young when I got started, but I kind of kept up with it. And I, I really enjoy all the sort of weird things that are on the internet. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun. So do you have a favorite work that dealt with pop culture in Cadena? Oh goodness, let me think. I do. Okay, what's what's you yours? So we did we did a whole comic that was just about fifteen different animes. Oh goodness that one. <laughs> and it was kind of my favorite issue. It was we it was a spoof. Um Patches watches T V and she, she watches way too much. She binge watches a bunch of anime. Yeah, she like binge watches a bunch of anime and falls asleep on the couch, and the whole thing's just her dream. And the whole thing is just I don't know, ten or twelve different animes that we smashed in there, and that was a lot of fun to do. And they were all popular animes at the time. I mean, they're kind of old now, but yeah, I think my favorite one of that one, and it just happened to fall on Halloween of that year, and I did just this. It was a full page spread, a full page spread of of Helsing. I think that was my favorite. I like the one with the bear as Gendo and he had the Father of the Year mug. <laughs> oh gosh, I forgot about that, yeah. So there are many characters in your work. Can you describe a few of the main characters? Oh, let's see, there's Belle. I think I like Belle the best. She's just, she's kind of an HVIC. 
very no-nonsense. She doesn't care what anyone thinks. She just does her own thing. And she's also very creative. And especially in the reboot, she's a dressmaker. She has her own shop. She just takes charge. She's she's kind of bossy. Poor Trace. <laughs> when they first meet, Belle just steamrolls this poor girl. Pretty much takes her on as, well, like a... Uh, promoter for her fashion. Yeah, she just, just, she just said, hey, you're going to do this now, and she starts doing it. She, um, yeah, it, it doesn't even enter her mind that Trace might say no. And even if she did, I don't think it would have worked. No, it wouldn't have mattered. I, I enjoy Bear. He's a total jerk. The um, funny thing is, the more of a jerk I made Bear, the more fangirls he got, which was always hilarious to me. Yeah, he's he's yeah, he's yeah, he's just a jerk. Um, I actually also enjoy Trace. She's our whoopee character, I guess. She's she's the universe's chew toy. Everything happens to her. Everything happens to Trace, but she's nice about it. So, in the new one, I gave her a little bit more spine. So she stands up for herself a little bit now. Um, but he's fun to write. He's just uh, kind of doofus. <laughs> if he's he's on catnip twenty four seven. Yeah, yeah, we'll say that. He's he's really mellow. Patches, I love her. She's I think this is our 80s stereotype. She works at a coffee shop, and I, I think she just chugs coffee all the time, and it shows. I actually She's enjoyed... so bouncy. <laughs> I enjoyed Coffee Bunny. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I forget her name, though. I think we called her Chelsea. I think you're right. Yeah. She works at a, a not Starbucks. Yeah, she and Patches work at the same place. Yeah. Yeah, all the characters are, are pretty fun. But yeah, Bear's fun to write, Trace is fun to write, Bell's fun to write. Anybody that's a jerk is fun to write, I guess. <laughs> so how do you go about developing these characters? A lot of the times they just kind of write themselves. It's it's weird, I guess. Anybody who has characters could tell you this. At least people I've talked to who who work with their own characters, it's like, yeah, they just come to life and they do what they want to do. It's It's pretty funny. So when I came on board, a lot of the characters had already kind of been developed. So I just took what existed and, and made it more. So Patches was more 80s, Bill was more in charge, Air was more devious. And when it came to time to finally develop a new one, which at the very end we were starting to add Oscar, which is our new cat. A lot of it's based on the personalities the cats had. Like Oscar here is is a complete diva, but he's also... He's like a goth diva. It's really strange. <laughs> he's he's really moody. Like he'll sit there and pout for hours, but he, he he's also if he wants anything, he will not let go. He he meows constantly until he gets it. Yeah, so um Ivy, who's also a real cat. You don't tell Ivy no. Yeah, so so really <laughs> the cats wrote the comic almost. Yeah, Belle, when I had her, was pretty much the head cat of the house. Patches was really ditzy, really, really airheaded cat. Bear slaughtered everything in the neighborhood. <laughs> so I, I just based their personalities on the real life cats, and it just kind of went from there. So being that this is a weekly web comic, how do you deal with the pressure of producing content? As of now, I, I really don't anymore. I, I just don't have that time. Um, so what we did about. I don't know. A month, that was a couple months ago. A couple months ago, we've moved from doing web content to exclusively concentrating on our published 
publisher contracts. We were getting so much money, well, money, but we were getting so much work in from outside that we kind of finally had to make a choice. We started a Patreon and we had some ads going and stuff, but the money, the salary we were pulling from our publishers was so much greater than what we were making off the straight up webcomic that we had to kind of shutter the webcomic in favor of all the contract work we've got now. And I mean, it's not dead. Game. We're still going to complete what we have, but it's it's probably going to go to print from now on. Yeah, so we're, we've kind of moved to it. We want to move to a print model and still do Katina, but have more flexibility, not having to do a page every week, which we did for, I don't know, five or six or seven years or so. And we needed to actually have that flexibility to be able to even do more Katina um, to be able to do a page here and there and then put it together in a book, you know, once or twice a year or something. But for a while there, yeah. Oh, for a while just, there, I was going insane. <laughs> um, yeah, for a while there, we were, doing two, we were doing two comics. It was four pages a week, if you include My Roommate was a, is a Nightmare. Yeah. So there was no weekends, late bedtimes. We're, doing, we're probably working like 60 hours a week, basically. Easily. Not more. So um, that's, that's how it's done, I guess. <laughs> So do you feel that if you want to get into this industry, that making a webcomic to be discovered is one of the ways to do it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's how it worked out for me, although everybody's different. There's all different kinds of ways of, of going about it. With me, it's, it's kind of funny because I wasn't even looking to get into print work. It just kind of came along, this opportunity, and I jumped on it. I, you know, I would say to anyone out there that's trying to, to get in, to comic industry or really any creative industry opportunities around and if something presents itself to you hop on it any creative um opportunity around and if something presents itself to you hop on it and really the, the big deal i've seen in comic industry is it's artists are everywhere kind of but artists who can finish the job on time um that's a, a big bonus if you can find somebody who's very reliable. And so if you get something, you know, make sure you finish and, and get it done on time, and then you'll, you'll have that reputation, you know, moving forward and you can get more jobs. Yeah, because comic artists and publishers, I mean, it's a pretty small world. And if you get to know one person, you'll get to know a lot of other people fairly quickly. If you build up a name for yourself for being reliable, that opportunity will come. And when it comes, you just hop on it. Yeah, it's it's a fun industry. I mean, there's a lot of fun about it, but there's also a lot of work involved. People don't always realize how long it, it actually takes to make a page from start to finish. And, and then when they get into it, you know, maybe they get off a little bit too much <laughs> at once. Um, I've certainly done that. But, you know, the nice thing is you can always start over and, and have another launch. But as much as you can, especially when you get a, a paying job, and, yeah, definitely finish up and try to finish on time. So now outside of Cadena, uh, what other projects have you been involved in? Um, I recently completed two stories for Home, a comic based on the DreamWorks movie. I was a colorist on a couple of those stories. Um, I met Matt Head through a friend of Scott Sava, the guy who contacted me to to begin with, um, and he and I have have been working t together ever since '07. He got this job with Titan Comics to draw home, and he brought me on board as the colorist. So I've done a couple of home stories. Currently, I'm doing a Kung Fu Panda story. I think it's going to be number three 
that's going to come out soon. I'm about halfway done coloring that. I do some colors for Otis Hampton for Oddly Normal. I've done things for Penny Harling Productions. I'm currently the colorist on Decoy, which is one of theirs. I think it's online, although I think it may have gone over to Comic Press. So I'm keeping pretty busy with other things. Yeah, she is always busy. <laughs> um, and so I don't have to write anymore. Uh, the last script is in Tracy's hands whenever it gets, goes to print <laughs> later. <laughs> um, so I'm actually writing another script now that I would, I'm going to try to get published um, through a publisher. It will be finished up sometime this weekend-ish, and it'll go to Tracy for pencils and then actually back to me for colors and, and uh, all the rest. And then I'm going to shop it around and see if anybody wants it. And that's utterly different than anything related to Katina whatsoever. <laughs> it's, it's like entirely, yeah. <laughs> entirely different project. So doing that, and then I've still got the full-time job, and I'm teaching myself Unity. I'm also interested in game development. So we stay as busy as possible, and when the opportunities come up, we just try to hop on them. So we went through a lot of things and a bunch of advice can be taken out of this podcast at this point but anything that we didn't mention do you have any advice for anybody who wants to get into the comic industry or make a web comic or try to make a web comic and then get into the print comic world uh the big thing with me is i've just kept in contact with with the people i've whom i've met along the way and you know just make a lot of friends i mean networking is so important in this business because pretty much everybody knows everybody. There's always someone who knows someone who knows someone who's looking for a thing that you might be really awesome at. So just make friends. <laughs> make. <laughs> yeah, make friends. <laughs> yeah, just make friends. Networking's certainly important. Um, if they're like me and kind of shy guy, uh, you know. I would oh, I'm I'm totally shy too, but you know. <laughs> um, yeah, you kind of you kind of gotta. You, you kind of have to make yourself step out there. Kind of got to introduce yourself sometimes. A couple of years ago, I got to meet my comic idol. <laughs> he texted me for an hour when that happened. Yeah, so we're at, we're at San Diego Comic-Con. I got to meet Sam Keith was supposed to be there. He's an artist I really like, and he did the Max and Zero Girl and a bunch of other comics, and he's still doing comics. And um, he was supposed to be at this booth, and he wasn't there. And I just decided to kind of hover around it, hoping that he would show up. And he did, and, and nobody knew he was there because... He was late, and I, I totally got to talk to him one-on-one, and I had a great time. You know, I absolutely just kind of introduced him myself and gave him my card, which is probably totally in the trash can now, but that's okay. Um, I had a great time. Um, as far as advice goes, you know, I would say that uh, just keep in mind, if you're a comic artist or a writer or, or really anything, just keep in mind that, you know, the, the old saying goes, the perfect is the enemy of the good. When it's good enough... It's good enough. Call it done and move on and get it out there and see what happens. Try to make it perfect. You'll never get done. And I've seen plenty of people, you know, kind of get stuck on trying to make this one drawing, you know, great or or whatever. But um, my idea is that you just get it done, all the pages done, you put them in a book, you sell it, and then you go back later and go, wow, that was really, (laughs) I finished, but wow, look at page three, the guy's upside down or something. Oh, well, on to the next book. Um, Try to get them done, even if it's not your best, you know, it's your best work for the time, but it's not perfect, that's okay. Yeah, I've known people who who talk a lot about about the stories they want to write or draw, but they never do it, because... I guess they, if it's not going to be perfect or the circumstances aren't perfect, they just don't want to do it. And it's never going to be perfect. Just, just do it. 
and there's and there's some fear involved. You know, you put your name on something, and what if somebody doesn't like it? Or, you know, every once in a while, I'll go out and look at some review, and some guys, you know, trashing my work. I'm like, well, yeah, he's got a point there. <laughs> Whoops, I'll try to do better next time. But hey, I was out there and I put it out. So yeah, at least you did something. Um, I did something, and that's that's kind of the thing. You know, do it. <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> like that Shia LaBeouf thing. Do it. Yeah, do it. Yeah. <laughs> And then finally, do you have anything that you'd like to promote? There's Home, there's Decoy. I believe it's decoyonline.com now in addition to Home for Titan Comics. Home should be in the shelves now? I think Home number four, which is the most recent one I did, is coming out next month. So please look for that in the shelves. I believe it's October 7th, or if you just go to Titan, the Titan Comics website, I don't know what that is. I think it's Titan. There's lucyfirstimps.com, is that correct? Yeah, it's it's just TitanComics.com. Lucifer's Imps is over. It's but it's still online. So you can Google for Lucifer's Imps. Um, it's a great comic. It's written by Dale Medham, right? Yeah, he's a very very funny guy. Totally worth reading. It's still online. Titan Comics Home is out now and available. Sit decoy online. So yeah. check that out. It's great. Yeah, it's it's kind of like the X Files if the alien were working with them. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a totally enjoying it. Do you guys have Twitter where people can follow you to find updates of what's going on with your comic work? Yeah, yeah, I'm Katina Guy Twitter. It's okay, I, I check my Twitter <laughs> all the time, and Tracy's got a Twitter also. Yeah, I'm Katina Lady, C-A-T-E-N-A-L-A-D-Y. Thank you for listening to this podcast, and remember to follow me on Twitter at PopAnimeComics for updates regarding this podcast and my website. And remember to subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. So they find you and you don't find it. Till Sunday, I hope you have a great rest of the week.